Hello and welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast where two indie hackers, James McKinvan and Dan Rowden, talk about building their indie businesses. Dan has a product studio doing 8K MRR and I have a podcasting business doing less than 1K. Today we talk about a record-breaking month for both of us, why it's sometimes difficult to enjoy successes as an indie hacker and I try and convince Dan not to start freelancing again. A big thank you to today's sponsor, Talk to Stefan, which we'll find out more about in the episode. Let's get started. I don't know how pixelated it is, but can you see my background? I can. It looks different. I've got the art I spoke about. Uh, (laughs) You know when I said last episode I went into Canterbury and went into this fine prints place? Well, I can't afford the £1,500 fine prints, Mm -hmm. but on their website you can just go on and click download and you can just download the image. (laughs) And uh, and then I just went to Tesco, got it printed on like an A3 poster... And just frame them. And there they are. Look at them, looking fantastic in the background. I was going to say, where's your work table gone? So my desk is now sort of like an L shape, and it utilises the space in the room a bit better. I've got that custom order to do that I got on like the 1st of March. So I'm thinking I'll just make the wallets and like hand deliver them, because most of them are in the south of England. So I can just go on my motorbike and be a delivery driver for the day. (laughs) When I lived in Helsinki, I was thinking of setting up like a inner city delivery service where I'd build my bike all day, just picking up stuff and delivering it. But basically what you've just explained is being a bike courier. Yeah, basically. Dan, it's a bittersweet moment. Before we get into our updates, we're closing out our first ever sponsor of the show, which is Talk to Stefan. This is Stefan's final sponsor slot. He was the first to reach out to us to line our pockets or handcrafted leather wallet in my case. But listeners, do me a huge favour and give Stefan a wonderful send-off by signing up to his founder coaching service for Indie Hackers. Now, you might recoil at the term founder coach, I did initially, until I realised how many other areas of my life I get coaching in, which ultimately don't really matter. If you're feeling stuck with your projects, maybe you're not sure what direction to go and need a little clarity in what decisions to make, Stefan will help you out. Just have an hour-long chat with him where we'll ask you some questions, give you the space and help you find the answers. The good news is that that first chat is 100% for free and is bloody brilliant. If you enjoy it, get 10% off packages with the code NOMORMONDAYS, all caps. Head to talktostefan.com or hit the link in the show notes. Well, I'm feeling better already talking about coaching, so let's get into talking about our projects. Yeah, let's do it. I realised this month, Dan, that I think this is my best month ever for like all metrics. So traffic, revenue. I I notice it because... I've sold like £400 worth of wallets and coasters and stuff from Whistle Craft Co. And my previous best month was £140, nice. which is November. And then last year, online, I only made £550. So I've year. almost made my entire last year <laughs> back this month from the wallets. That's crazy. It was pretty cool. And that mainly came from the custom order I got from Simple Pole with Will, where he bought seven of them. Right. But then I sold some coasters for £60. Then at Indie Beers on Wednesday, I joke that I go there and I'm like the wallet dealer because I mm-hmm. have them, my, my, my little pouch of wallets in. I didn't intend to sell them this week, but people just know that I go there with wallets. They're like, do you, do you have any wallets? And I had three left over from the last time and I sold all three of them. And so, like, <laughs> I whip out the wallets. Someone goes, oh, I'm in, in the market for one. I go, give me your cards. So I take their cards out of their wallet. I put them in one of mine. I was like, look at that. That is going to change your life. And I'm like, take it. All yours. All yours. They're like, oh, great. How do I pay you? And then I just make them go and pay online on the website. It's sort of 
heading towards my goal of doing £500 a month with it. Do you think that's from talking about it on the podcast to like a newer audience? I think it's no. just general compounding over time, especially mm-hmm. with, in fact, a majority of the sales have come from indie beers, me actually being there in person, talking yeah, to people, okay. showing people wallets. So Simple Poll, when I got that seven, uh, seven wallet order, it was because I was speaking to Will over beers. And I said, look, wouldn't you just <laughs> love custom branding ones of these? And he goes, yeah, sure, I'll get someone to sort it out. So that was almost a month ago. My baseline traffic is going up from okay. sharing more about the wallets, but definitely the sales have come from in-person stuff, like literal sales. So then IndieBytes is on track for a record month. I thought I was going to beat this in November last year, but that's when I stopped. So I had a few episodes coming out and I just stopped it. So my previous best month is 4,473. At the moment, I'm at 4,307 downloads. And so it's trending towards 5,330 if it carries on the current number of downloads average a day, which will be a nice little boost over my best month and on target for my 10,000 a month at the end of the year. And then the final thing, just general revenue from both IndieBite sponsors and PodPanda was £2,490 which is nice. That's like my best month on Stripe. There are a few like other invoices coming in from other clients who don't pay through the service, but the ones that do, almost £2,500 is a really nice benchmark. And if I can have that as MRR, so two and a half grand a month just from the podcast editing and also IndieBite sponsors, which should go up actually. Golden. Yeah, yeah. Making that recurring and consistent. That's a huge baseline to have. Yeah. But like... All of this is going well, and I'm really happy that on on paper, numbers are great, but it doesn't actually feel like it. Like, I don't feel, oh, wow, this has been a really impressive month, and I'm on the route to success. Part of that is still not having much money to spend, because just I'm still trying to pay off my debts and recover from the last couple of months. I wonder how can I feel the energy or excitement of this a little bit more than I am at the moment. That's funny you should say that because I have the same thing. So like right now I'm at almost 8,000 MRR. And if you told me that a year ago when I was at like two, I'd be at eight. Like mm-hmm. 8K MRR would have been a great goal to get to. But like now I'm here, it's just not how I have expected it to be. It's just kind of oh, same old, yeah, same old. Yeah. But there's nothing to like, when you, when you think of a goal, like I'm, right now I'm planning to get to 10K MRR, yeah. which has been my goal for a long time. Like it seems exciting and it seems like it's going to be great when I get there, but I know now that I've gone through a few different milestones, it's just not, <laughs> it's just going to feel the same as always. And I'm still going to be stressing probably. And I'm still not going to have like got to that point where it's just like, it feels like you've like turned a corner. Isn't it interesting that, that it just doesn't change how you feel, does it? No, no matter how extra, how much extra money you earn. So if, if you'd have told me I was going to make 2000 pound a month from my podcast, I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Right. That sounds amazing. But now it's here. It's Does it go... And I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm very grateful for it. It's awesome that I'm, be, I'm able to work the way I'm able to work and earn money through projects that I love doing. But it, it, it's... like, uh, did, did I expect to be absolutely euphoric when I hit <laughs> the milestone? I'm like, I've made it. I can just stop working now and go celebrate. Points towards the cliche of, it's the journey not the destination Mm. right enjoying the journey enjoying getting there like i love my day-to-day right now 
I feel great with the flexibility and freedom I have, which you tweeted about this week, actually. And I let the, the money almost doesn't matter. It is. It serves a function. It's just numbers on a screen. If I can get the number up, that is what I'm aiming to do. The more the number goes up, the more I can have what I actually value, which is the freedom and flexibility. Yeah, I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot. I think there's like two parts to this. So one part is that when you're getting to a monetary goal, it normally like trickles it's slowly towards that goal. It's like it's never like mm. one single moment that you can capture as like that euphoric moment that you expect to kind of get to. It just kind of slowly get there, like bit by bit, and when you get there, it's just it's a non-event basically. So I think that's yeah, why yeah. you don't get that like the feedback or like the experience that you're expecting. And then the second thing, for me at least, I have these goals of like these monetary targets, MRR, or whatever. It's not because I need or I want that much money. It's just the security, the feeling that like X amount more than I need is coming in. And, per month so and mm-hmm. uh, again that's not like it's not like a win I, I have a feeling that when we get to these like the next milestones we have it's just going to feel exactly the same and then mm-hmm. we'll set another one and you see this on Twitter people talking like this kind of like you're never satisfied really like you get more and more and then it's just, yeah. you're just kind of back where you were before just a different number but your tweet you did that I referenced on March 31st, 2021, you said my side project income from March will be about 132% of my salary. I like where this is heading. And a year later, March 2022, your income will be 15% less than your job and your projects from March 2021. But this is the bit I love. You said, I work a ton less, have zero calls, no boss, can launch new things whenever I want. And most importantly, really, really love every minute I'm at my computer. And you can't put a price on that, can you, Dan? No, you can't. This is it. This is this is the life. I said last week that I was going to launch my branded corporate gifts thing. Yeah, I hadn't and done it. So this morning <laughs> I was like, I've, I want to talk about it on the podcast. So, so look, I did it. <laughs> Have a look at that bad boy. Ooh, very nice. Talking of photography, I didn't get the desk mats up because I'm really struggling to take photos of them. However, I did have a couple of people message me and ask for them. And the thing is, I've already cut out the leather desk mats that I've made, so they're a specific size, but they're more specific size that I like, which is actually quite small. So the people that messaged mm. either already had desk mats or they have an idea of how big they want it to be. So they sent them the d- dimensions, and like, that's a bit small. So they want it almost a third longer, maybe even a bit longer, and a little bit taller. So if I'm going to sell any more desk mats that aren't this size that I've already pre-cut, I'm going to have to buy like a whole other hide of leather, <laughs> cut them out at the new size and hope people want that size. <laughs> could you offer two two different sizes of mats? Or is that just complicated? Yeah, yeah I could, absolutely. But I, I, I still have to buy the other hide so it'll be more money being spent on them that I shouldn't really be spending at the moment. I should just try and get rid of these first. But I will, I will, I will get the page out, I promise. Well, I look forward to seeing it because I, I want to see what they look like. I don't think I've seen them yet. What, the desk mats? Yeah. You've seen them. I've sent you pictures of my workspace with, with my desk mat. If you go to jamesmckimmon.com slash setup, it's all there. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it looks nice. So why would they want bigger ones? They might have a keyboard with a number pad. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's the point of making custom leather goods, right? You can <laughs> do whatever size people want. Mm-hmm. But when I'm trying to productize it and sell a specific size and sell lots of them and pre-cut them and do them in a batch. I wish people would just buy this size. Right. <laughs> I guess it's quite hard. Like a wallet has to fit cards, right? There's a specific size that 
it needs to wrap around, but a desk yeah, mat yeah, yeah. could literally be any size. All right, before we move on to you, final thing I want to show you, Dan. Have you seen Potty the Pod Panda? I have. My little sister, she is always been really good at drawing. She recently got an iPad and she just does these little doodles. She currently works at McDonald's and I thought she can earn a lot more money that she, than she is at the moment doing something things she enjoys and is good at and she doesn't have to clean the toilets at McDonald's. What's a nice way to ease her into client work? Because most of us actively decide to do client work. Some of us are battle-hardened because we work to agencies or whatever. So I thought, why don't I just sort of ease her into it with doing a project for me and I'll pay her. I paid her £30 and I said, can you draw me uh, a cool podcast on a mic? I didn't know what she was going to come back with. I didn't know if it was going to be any good. And she sent me this. And I was like, that is brilliant. For £30, a cool little illustrated panda that I'm going to put on stickers, on T-shirts. And I was just really proud of her for doing it. And I think she can earn a little bit more money doing this as a, as a little side hustle. And the thing is with her, like her baseline is really low of income she needs to replace. It's like £800 a month. And if she can do little drawings for brands or people that have money to pay for it, she could probably do £100 in a day easily and then only work eight to ten days a month and, and, and more than McDonald's. Yeah, it's a, yeah, a good start on a new project or a new like, venture. And on the other side, I think, yeah, this is going to look great on some stickers, some T-shirts. You do it really big on yeah, the back. Exactly. You write pod panda around it in like a circular text or something. Oh, I like that. I like that. Pop panda is circular. All right, that's all from me, Dan. Okay. Tell me what you've been working on this week. So this week was a big week of launches. Elo's Thread Analytics is now in production. It's running in the background, just kind of testing it a little bit. Had some issues with the Twitter API after I launched it, like unrelated, but means I can't really launch it anytime soon. I've got to do some twisting of some code, but I also need to figure out the marketing site and like rebuild that. So maybe in a few weeks I'll, have, I'll be ready to launch that and I might do a product hunt launch, like an excuse to put it in front of thousands of people again. Mm. Um, It'll be very nice to do another product hunt launch. Is yeah. it? Is a new market marketing site necessary for launching threads or is it just you want it because it, it will look nice and if you're going to send traffic to the site, you want it to be? So my main, my main idea with the new marketing site is to rejig it again because right now the homepage doesn't really show much of the product because it sends you off to three different pages which shows you the three different, like the tweets, the spaces and the followers. I, I don't think it's very good right now. I want to go back to having like the homepage explain the product much better, like the tweet analytics, like the base product, and then have a section about the threads and a section about the followers and a section about the spaces all on the homepage, like more, more detail basically, and then have the separate pages more for SEO than for the marketing site. So like if someone landed on the thread analytics page, they could see the whole thread analytics product page. But for someone going to elo.so, they would see way more of the product than having to click through. And also I want to just redo the design a little bit, change some copy. So it's not necessary for the thread launch, but it would be nice to have that ready. Are you going to track the difference between conversions on the new site versus the last one? Maybe. Don't know. <laughs> Hadn't thought about that. <laughs> no, could, no, well, surely you should because you're doing it for a, a reason, which is to increase conversions, right? There couldn't be any other reason to make a new site apart from that you want to do it. Yeah. But, like, actually, functionally, that's what it's there to do. So, if you've got an idea of what your conversions are at currently versus what the new site does, should be able to track that somehow. See if it's a change that has worked or not. 
Yeah, so that's that was one thing I launched. I released a new ghost theme. So track is now out. It's like a changelog theme. Woo! But also, like, in the last few days before launching it, I realized it's actually quite a nice blogging theme as well. I don't want to just, like, only market it as a changelog theme. So I made some adjustments and, like, written, written the documentation how to use it as, like, a blog theme as well. Dan, what price did you put it at? 79 Great news. Great news. <laughs> $79, you went for it. Why, why'd you go for the 79 Because you told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay. Have you, have you sold any? No, not yet. And anyone that's listening and wants a nice, simple blogging theme or a changelog theme, go and buy Dan's track theme because I need to justify the fact that I made him charge more <laughs> for it. And if no one buys it at that price, he'll just reduce it. So <laughs> if you want a theme on Ghost, go have a look, go buy it, link in the show notes. You're welcome, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. So I submitted it to the ghost theme directory as well, and that usually takes a week or two to come up, so that'll be it there soon. But yeah, so the Ali, going back to the Ali theme, I had a few requests to add his podcast page and book notes page. So I added the book notes page to his site, but I thought that was too niche to add into like the generic theme that everyone would use. So I left it out. And then he added a podcast page after I worked on his site which isn't powered by Ghost. So again, I didn't include that because it's just an HTML file. And then a few people bought it and were like, where's the podcast page? Where's the book notes page? Do you have plans to add those in? So I was like, okay, maybe I should think about this. <laughs> and then I was emailing Ali and his team and yeah, it just made sense to add them in. So before Ali starts mentioning it, I hurriedly built those in and released that as a new version of the theme this week and rewrote all the documentation. The thing about Ghost theme is it takes a long time to design and build and code and get ready but then it takes way more time than you expect to write the documentation create all the graphics uh, write all the mm. like the gumroad product to get that ready add it to the website it's just like hours and hours and hours you don't really plan for and i mean i fall into this trap every time but i should really learn, learn from it well good stuff have you got any more sales of that this week yeah yeah it's going well so dan last week you mentioned the secret sauce getting sales on a ghost theme part of that was listing on ghost but you've had a flurry of new sales over 3k in the last 30 days tell me more about that yeah my previous best month was 1100 dollars or something just last week i went over 1500 or something in a week so that was pretty crazy and then yeah this this month is just like it's crazy if you look at a chart of the sales it's just that completely like hockey stick basically yeah it's gonna go over three i think by the end of the month man that is awesome that is so cool you must feel good about that. Yeah, I do feel good about it. I, I sometimes feel like I'm cheating a bit because it's not just me doing it. It's like I'm piggybacking on Ali Abdul and like it's some, it's I don't know. It just doesn't feel that, like that's like us saying we're cheating on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me. It's it's both of us. <laughs> that's what a collaboration is. You're yeah. not you're not cheating. <laughs> no. So, yeah, it's I'm happy with it. It's not going to be like this every month. I'm sure. It's, it's yeah, yeah. there's been a launch and like that's always a bit yeah it's funny you talked about March being a good month as well because March has been a good month for ELO growth as well it's the best month over month growth since June last year so I had a couple really slow months but it seems to be taking off maybe just because I'm talking about it again and building stuff on it again that people are finding out about it and the last thing I've been working on this week is an update to Cove like I said last week about treating as a side project so I front loaded my week again like we talked about last week nice and do oh, you lots did of stuff not in hours just like by effort yeah, really. yeah. just like get stuff done get stuff done get stuff done and by today yeah just 
got really not a lot left on my tip to do list. So started doing some Cove member counters that people can drop in their websites. We are working on some more tools. And that's exciting. It's nice to get what's, back to that. What's Cove doing for revenue now? Cove is at 1300 MRR. Nice. Good stuff. And that's not all, all you've done this week, Dan. You also bought a domain. I did. I bought a domain for the ghost agency, which I'm still not 100% sure about doing. <laughs> I've still got cold feet. <laughs> but I have the domain name now. But I paid top dollar. Mm-hmm. It was like $90 or something. Because it was... <laughs> well, well, why are you leaving us in suspense, Dan? What's the domain? It's article.com, but with an R instead of the A. Article the with an R. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Why article? It's a name I had written down a long time ago for another like, publishing project that I was going to do. And it just kind of reappeared in my notes someday. And I thought, oh, that's, that's quite good. It's like publishing-related name. It's got an R at the beginning, like Rowden. I don't know, it's just it's a .com. just seemed to fit. And I couldn't be bothered to waste any more time thinking of a name. <laughs> so landing page done, domain mm-hmm. bought, but you're still saying you're not too sure. What, yeah. what, what are your worries? Well, trading time for money on a bigger scale. I don't know, it's just because it's subscription-based. And I've been, I've been having lots of fun just sitting in my bedroom coding on Illo and Cove this week, not really doing much client work. Just kind of flip-flopping between wanting to yeah. do that and not do it. If, if I were you, I wouldn't. <laughs> People know I'm only doing Pop Panda because I need to pay the bills. I don't love doing client work. I think I'm working on some really cool podcasts. I have some fantastic clients. But ultimately, it's not what I want to do. I really want to do my podcast, make leather wallets, do my course, help people start podcasts, maybe do con- some consulting, but less of the trading time for money. That's what I want to move away from. And you've done a really good job already of moving away from it. You've got some revenue generating SaaS products with loads of customers. You've got themes that are making good sales. You're making cool themes. But then you're sort of going back towards freelancing. I think the main reason I'm doing that is because I know there's a lot of people out there who need ghost help. So the market is there. I think that's like the main pull. Yeah, the market's there. You, you, you can earn some money. You can hit your 10K milestone. But then what? You're going to be miserable because you're spending so much time on the client work. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I might put it out there. Not really market it much. Just link to it from a few places and see what happens. I mean, it's a nice way of prioritizing your service as a ghost developer. Yeah, I just, I just worry that you'll end up getting, <laughs> you end up like Brett, <laughs> and then loads of money, but like working oh, all the time, and you have other projects you want to work on as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, uh, go for it, dude, because I know you're excited about it, but just be careful. <laughs> Let's finish on our right. tweet, shall we? My tweet is by Nat Eliason. It's from January 23, 2020. I don't know why it showed up on Twitter, <laughs> but I really liked what the content basically and the, the idea behind it. So started work on this Epic Rome course tomorrow. If you want early access and to give feedback during development, send $50 to PayPal, only taking 25 people. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like an outline of the table of contents for the, like the, the Rome course that he's thinking of doing. And I bet he sold out all those spots because... Yeah, at the f- yeah, at- yeah. This is a great example of validation without yeah. building your product. Right. This is exactly what I did for my course. I said, look, I'm doing this course. Are you interested? Here's, here's the outline. And just did a notion screenshot of the outline. So I've been following that for a while. Had him on my original podcast, Marketing Mashup. 
probably four or five years ago when he was yeah. running an agency called Growth Machine, an SEO agency. Then he did this thing where he did, I don't know what you called it, like fractional careers, or he went through a six or 12 month period of just trying different careers and things he wanted to do. He then got really into Rome, which is where he did this course and went heavy, heavy into using Rome. And he made a lot of money with this course. And at the moment he's doing DeFi crypto stuff. So he's just been fascinating the way he's just been following his interests and pursuing stuff that he wants to do and not being worried to change his persona or what he's known for. So he built this audience for marketing and SEO and then moved it to Rome. And now he's doing the DeFi stuff. First of all, great validation tweet to not as an interesting person. Don't be afraid to change what you are known for because he's a good example of making it work still. What's your tweet? And then my tweet this week from our good friend Dickie Bush with another thread. And this was from, have you ever read the Bourbon Letters? No. So by a guy called Gary Halbert, be honest, haven't read them, but hear very good things. And what Dickie Bush has done is summarised some of Gary's methods for writing good copy. Now, I'm very interested in getting better at writing copy. I think it's such a powerful thing. If you can be a good copywriter, so I'm always trying to learn different ways. And this is a good thread on how to be able to do it based on Gary Halbert, who wrote the Bourbon Letters. So are you going to use this tweet for your own copywriting and start working on stuff soon? One of like the things that I don't do from this tweet that I saw is copy work. I've heard about this, have never done it. If I want to get learn a design thing, I will just, just copy a design pixel for pixel. If I want to get better at learning a new leather technique, I'll just copy someone else's design. But I've never done this with writing, which is literally finding your favorite writer and copying exactly what they write word for word. Just writing it out, just copying it. Just writing it out. You can type it or write it with hand. I've heard from a lot of people, Sean Puri from My First Million, and he does his writing course. He advocates for this. So yeah, you just copy writing some of your favorite writers and you almost get in their mind, you start to think of how they're writing. And the other thing is I want to read the Boron letters because a lot of people have recommended them to me. And then finally, Dan, before we go, what are you working on this week? Probably a bit of Cove, probably some client work that <laughs> I'm doing. But it looks pretty empty, which is nice. That is nice. That is nice. I've got to um, do some client work. I need to publish two episodes of Indie Bytes. I yeah. kind of want to do a YouTube video again because I'm way behind on those. And I, I don't want to get it to a point where I've just completely let it slip and I don't end up doing any. Then I will add that desk map page on Almost Craft. Good to see you. Internet's yeah, been the YouTube. best it's been for this one. It's, it hasn't cut out once. Yeah. Look at that. Amazing. All right. I'll get to editing. <laughs> cool. And I'm going to hit the gym. Oh, getting jacked. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of No More Mondays with James McKinvan and Dan Rowden. You can join the conversation on Twitter at No More Mondays FM or hit the link in the show notes. You'll also find a list of talking points in those show notes along with details of today's sponsor, Talk to Stefan. See you next Monday. <laughs>